just talking to them, almost every single one to a T was just, they, they didn't know how to cope with such a high stress situation and then go back into civilian life. And yeah. one thing we consistently heard was they were frustrated at their new pace of life and how to cope with things. And, and, and it acts out. Hi there and welcome in to a brand new week of Celebrity Salute. Dedicated to the men and women who serve our country in active duty, our veterans and their families. We're here for you. God bless you. We love you. On each episode, we look for people and stories with some connection to these heroes. I'm Randy Miller. Omar Villafranca is a CBS News correspondent based in Dallas, Texas. Villafranca is reported for CBS News on the ground at the riots in Ferguson, along the destructive path of Hurricanes Harvey, Maria, and Michael, and traveled to El Salvador to trace the root cause of migrants coming to the U.S. He's done some great reporting about a veterans' treatment court in Texas and a well-deserved second chance for some. We're happy to have Omar join us right here on Celebrity Salute. Omar, how are you? Not too bad for for today. It's not a million degrees when I'm usually in Texas, uh, but it, it, I'm in New York right now, and like the temperature is copacetic. Not complaining. <laughs> hey, listen, I'm, I'm a big fan of your reporting, first of all, and you do some uh, some great and unique stories as always. But this one really caught our eye uh, about this veteran treatment court in Texas. And uh, it's the first time we've ever heard about that. Yeah, and it, it was something that we were learning about. Uh, just, you know, you, you covered jail stories and prison population stories in, in news. and But this one was pretty fascinating for us because of, of the sheer number that we learned of veterans who are, end up in, in state state prisons and yeah. state jails. Eight yeah. percent. And listen, my dad uh, was in the Army. I grew up in tech. I grew up in San Antonio military city usa oh man so <laughs> right so, yeah so to to hear this was a bit shocking uh and of course you know with our investigative team and, and, and producer andrew bass and matthew moskets we you start you start you know pulling on a string and a lot more comes out yeah and you know you talked about uh the reasons for that in terms of uh, you know veterans that uh not are just not only veterans that are transitioning out but uh veterans that just have problems you know, with PTSD, whether TBI, mm-hmm. you've got uh, alcoholism, some drug addiction. And so, yeah, you know, those kind of things are going to happen. And, you know, I was fascinated about this uh, kind of a second chance for, for these folks. And it was interesting because I, I we were in uh, Judge Chuck Vanover's court in Tarrant County. And if people are not familiar, Tarrant County is where Fort Worth is. Fort Worth is, you know, almost a million people. Uh, in Fort Worth itself, more than a million people in Tarrant County. And there's a lot of veterans. I mean, DFW area, you know, you have uh, Fort Hood, which is not far away. Right. Uh, and then just north, you have Shepherd Air Force Base. And just a few miles up the road in Oklahoma and Lawton is Fort Sill, home of the field artillery. So you have a lot of them that after their service, maybe I'm going to go back to a bigger city or where I came from. And they come to DFW and, you know, just the sheer number of veterans who are coming through the system. And you're right. A lot of the crimes... For, for the court to, to in order to qualify for this program, it, it can't be anything serious. You're not going to see murderers. You're not going to see right. rapists in there. It's veterans who what we kind of noticed who were either maybe they had uh, simple drug possessions or, like you mentioned, uh, drinking problems. Yeah, one, or, one one guy was carrying a gun. They, they got yeah, a, yeah, it, yeah, and, and he yeah he he had, was he was carrying a gun something they're used to when they're sure. in theater, but but not you know back home in certain areas and. Uh, just talking to them, almost 
every single one to a T was just, they, they didn't know how to cope with such a high stress situation and then go back into civilian life. And yeah. one thing we consistently heard was they were frustrated at their new pace of life and how to cope with things. And, and, and it acts out. Yeah. And, you know, for this judge to recognize that, and he uh, obviously a, a veteran himself, which was mm-hmm. uh, uh, outstanding, but for him to recognize this and say, okay, if it's something, if it's a minor offense, you come through my court, we're going to give you that this second chance for this veteran treatment court. And, and then they're, they're sent to, uh, to be with a, a mentor for a period of time, right? It, it, and, and, and listen, we, that was one thing I asked. I said, you know, is this a second chance? Are you giving veterans special treatment? And he said, no, and it's not. So I went and asked some of the veterans, too. And when one of them uh, even told me, listen, uh, it would have been easier for me to take probation. probation. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah that, was, he, that was interesting. That was very interesting. Because yeah, it is not easy. It is 10 months, and sometimes probation would not have been that long. Oh, wow. But but the goal is is to get them right. And the carrot that they would dangle at the end of the stick is, you know, we can have this wiped and expunged from your record. No proof of this happening, which is key, because if you want to go get a job afterwards, you don't want that on your record. And you right. know, obviously the, the service members understand discipline and chain of command and how to do things correctly. They learned in the services. Uh, but now this this was a chance. And, and it, it, while it is a second chance. Um, it wasn't easy. It, it's not just simple like, oh, sweet, you know, let me let me show you my discharge papers. It's going to be easy street. Not at all. Yeah, and, and, and they only get one chance at this. They, they, they do. And, and, and here's the thing. They, we were there in court where they would come and meet. And so you have all these veterans who are sitting in court and they are, um, you know, they have to stand up in front of each other. If there was a minor infraction. And, and when I say minor um, it was basically like, hey, we called you at this time and you didn't pick up your phone. You're absolutely right. I was out here fishing, out there doing something. I was finishing my job. I didn't hear the phone call. And they were like, you're right. You did call back three minutes later and you got in contact. But they hold them accountable for simple things like that. They wow. are giving them some grace, something that a parole officer would also do. Like, I get it. You weren't, you know, you weren't bailing and leaving the country. It's just you didn't pick up the call the first time they called. Um, and they do give them some grace. But what I noticed in this is while they are being held accountable to the judge in front of them, um, they're also looking at their other veterans. And it was almost like they were back in the platoon and, and, and back in some sort of basic training where, hey, the, the slowest person is the weakest link. Everybody's got to help the weakest link to make sure they're, right, they're as right. strong as everybody else. So the accountability was not just to the judge, but to their fellow veterans in there. And I think that was more powerful than anything I ever saw. I love that. Yeah. And the other thing that I, I loved your question about, is this special treatment for veterans? And to me, veterans should always get special treatment. I mean, I mean in, in my world, there are veterans and then there are the rest of us. Right. So, uh, but it was great that you asked that question because every, you know, people do think that they, oh, it's just another, it's getting a pass for the veteran. It's a, you know, uh, they, they went out and came back. So, so we should give them special treatment. Well, actually we should, <laughs> you know, and, and it was interesting because I even asked one of the DAs because part of this deal is when, if they're going to enter this program, they have to plead guilty. But the judge doesn't turn and enter the guilty plea yet. He holds on to it until they finish the program. So I asked one of the prosecuting DAs who heard herself, she is an Air Force veteran. And I said, is this? She's like, no, I am not soft on crime. I work for, I mean, if people aren't familiar, Tarrant County is one of those places 
where we call it, it's, it's where the West begins. Right. County Sheriff, who I've met before, still rides around on a horse during the rodeo time with a gun on the side of his hip. It is, I mean, Yellowstone, they probably copied a bunch of stuff right. from Tarrant County. <laughs> right. and so this is a very law and order town. It has been for decades. But when I asked her that, she said no. But she also made the comment that just, it, 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 I literally interrupted her. She said, these are people that were asked to do things at a certain time that many that the U.S. government needed them to do. And she says the demons that they have are the demons they earn. Yes. That- and that was something that struck me. I used to cover field artillery and in, in, in Lawton, Oklahoma, and seeing a lot of the, the men and women come back, you know, it, it's hard when you're a, a 19 and 20 year old to process that. Right. Um, but sometimes if you don't get that help, It'll, it'll stick with you, and it'll manifest itself when you're 28 or 29, when you're 35, 40. I talked to some veterans who weren't young. They had maybe been discharged decades ago but still hadn't dealt and properly dealt with certain things. Um, and, and you know, if it manifests itself in, in the military, it's one thing. There's a different type of punishment that goes on there. But when you're a civilian – Welcome to the court system is what was what happened. Well, yeah, and you know, uh, talk about the demons they earned. Uh, I I thought it was, that was uh, uh, an incredible phrase and and incredible recognition uh, from the DA. But the other, I think the other side of this, uh, especially with uh, the guys that complete the program, and I think I think the number was six hundred uh, mm-hmm, so far vets that have graduated from this uh, program. So then they do really get a second chance, not just at jobs and, and, and that kind of thing, but for their mental health. Because, you know, the suicide rate, uh, as we know, is in, incredible with veterans and not just young veterans, but Vietnam vets. And uh, yeah. it's, you know, everything contributes to that. Everything is another notch in the, in the chain for that. And so to take that that one thing off their plate that could deny them a job or, or could deny them, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, caring for their kids or whatever, uh, that's just another kind of ray of of light that they have to to keep uh moving forward you're right and and one thing that many of the veterans were telling me was that when they initially got in trouble you had some who had served 15 years 20 years and their first thing was oh my i've never been in trouble like did i just did i just throw away everything in my military Uh. career and so it was a some of them would go to a dark place some of them now the stress is literally eating them up and they're self-medicating to try to forget right. about it. Right. But this program is offered up and it's literally, I had one veteran tell me like, this is a light at the end of the tunnel for me. Yes. Like, and now I know that if I do this, I did not throw it away. And, and let me tell you, a lot of these men and women remember the discipline. They remember early morning, wake up in PT. They, they remember the drill and to get them to say, Hey, now you have to do this not for your country, but for yourself to make mm. yourself better, it, it, it's it's not hard to motivate. Well, and, I, and I'll go one step further, Omar. I mean, you know, this is uh, a lot of times they get in trouble, but coming back and, and they've had a mission for 10 years and all of a sudden they've got nothing. It, this, yeah. is a, this is a new mission for them. So, I it mean, you, you know, mentally that's got to be pretty stimulating for them. It is. And, and also, you know, a, a lot of them, are worried, you know, I, I proudly wore a uniform. What I don't want to be now is somebody who now is wearing the orange jumpsuit uniform. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, right, I, I right. don't want to have to throw away my past. And, and, and of course in, in journalism, we're asking for the numbers. You can tell me it's successful, but I don't believe you. you, you show me some numbers. Their recidivism rate 
is maybe 10%, which general population is over 40. Oh, wow. And that, and wow. that is, that, that's a success. And let me tell you, I, and part of the story that we didn't air, because of course there's time constraints, but we also talked to some, some who were in jail in a different program that was for some that were in jail. And a lot of them uh, are, th- th- they formed a unit where they would wake up in the morning and all do PT. And so you have members of the general population who are next to them going, like, what the heck are these guys doing? <laughs> um, but they noticed, you know, so we talked to some of the general population members who were going, you know, if they're going to be up at 6 a.m. waking us up, I might as well get up and start working out with them. Ah. And it was one of those things that these, you know, some of the general population uh, inmates didn't serve, but then they kind of saw like, yeah, I need this discipline in my life. So they're setting, you know? setting an example for these other folks. They are, they are. And, and then they realize, and, and, and a lot of them that we talked to that were in jail were like, you know, uh, drinking, drinking and driving, or they're out somebody where and with buddies with, you know, having drinks and somebody says something and they go off. I mean, it's not an excuse. It's not right. But when they come into a program and it was a different program for veterans, they were saying, Hey, like you messed up, but if you complete this program, you're going to be okay. Uh, it's an incredible story. And I'm, uh, I, I found it on CBS.com. Uh, I would encourage everybody to, to look at it. And, and uh, again, I don't want people to think, <laughs> I mean, we, we've had so many reports, uh, veteran reports on this program from CBS and we're not, you know, we're not in the CBS pocket, but you guys, between you and Jim Axelrod and Nora O'Donnell, man, you just, you really uh, do much more uh, reporting on veterans and military than anybody I've seen. So I just, I, I, we appreciate that. Look, there's a lot of stories and Nora, Nora's a fellow San Antonian like I am. And you know, when you grow up around it, it's not foreign. Um, when you see it, it's not foreign. And there's a lot of great stories. Like I said, when my first job on TV was covering Lawton Fort Sill, and I, I learned so much. Now, listen, I'm not David Martin, who's our Pentagon correspondent, who will forget better things than I will ever think of when it comes to military coverage. <laughs> but anytime I can do a story um, that's positive or even just help somebody, because the, you're right, these people did serve. Um, you know, and they live in our communities. This is not just a big city versus people, you know, this they served our country and my dad is one of them. You know, I, I, of course I want to hear those stories. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, and, and the big question is when you presented the story on the CBS morning show, did Gail King compliment your suit? <laughs> Listen, I was just happy to not be sweating through it outside. In Texas. <laughs> she, she did. She's always very gracious, but I did realize as a guy who's at, I'm basically like the reporter version of a grunt. I'm out in the field all the time. I came into the studio and I thought, Man, I need a better tailor. These people look (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Great job, Omar. Thank you so much for the time today, and thank you for the, the great reporting. No problem. Thanks, Randy. You've been listening to Celebrity Salute. Celebrity Salute is produced by Brainstorm Media and distributed by National Defense Network with host Randy Miller and executive produced by Nate Heron. Be sure to visit us at nationaldefensenetwork.com. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also say, Alexa, play the National Defense Network podcast.